Datology Coach podcast. Welcome back, Sarah. We had a week off. We did. We we had a very much needed week off. I was, I don't know about you, I was exhausted. I was walking around last Saturday. I ended up taking an extra, an extra sort of like sitting gig for the weekend mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. I didn't have to stay at the house, but I had to go back and forth. Thankfully, they live two blocks away. But I found myself literally at one point walking and feeling like, I, I think I might fall asleep while I'm walking. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, I just, I needed the week off and I, I just was very, very frustrated at the, at all the content theft and how people, you know, one person actually like completely invalidated my experience mm-hmm. and demanded evidence. And when I presented it, um, I didn't get any response from her. So would you, you know, would you say this was a classic example of gaslight gatekeep girl boss? It certainly was the the whole, the whole, <laughs> I, I just, I couldn't get over. I just couldn't get over that. I couldn't get over being questioned. Like I just couldn't get over it. And I'm, I'm, I'm I really don't want to like, I'm not going to name names or anything, obviously, except Tara Bale, uh, Blair Ball, who steals my stuff all the time. And um, I was just so, you know what, the, and I know what this is. It comes from being sexually abused and telling my family and my family not standing up for me and my family not doing anything mm. and yeah, making me feel sense. very insignificant. So I was very, very badly triggered Yeah. after I got that email from that person. Badly yeah, that makes triggered. Sense. Mm-hmm. And it, it just, it, it just really depleted me. So in any case, uh, yeah. That, so that's why I took the week off. How was your week off? My week off was okay. I mean, I was I was vicariously frustrated oh. <laughs> by uh, another story you told me. Oh, <laughs> wait a minute. Do I know which one? Are we being secretive here? Um, you know which one? It was it was the the actual like not content theft, just straight yeah. up theft. Yes, yes, yes. That one. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yep. Yeah, that was, it is. It's just very, when you put as much time into creating content as you and I do, mm-hmm. and people- Once again, it is Saturday. It is Saturday. You're on the welcome. 4th of July weekend. <laughs> and we we love doing it, but we just ask that people value our work. You know, and it's frustrating to know that like call her daddy host rakes in like 400 grand a year and people are nickel and diming you, you know, over like three dollars, three to five dollars. Yeah, it's yeah, it's wild, man. (laughs) Yeah, it's you know, we had to change the payment structure of Patreon to uh, charge up front rather than at the first of the month. Because people were, and, and one person very blatantly said it when I looked at the unsubscribed, they were subscribing to hear one episode or two episodes mm-hmm. and then unsubscribing. Mm-hmm. And, and and this was a guy, shocker. Oh. And he said, you know, I subscribed only to hear, you know, to get something that I needed or to hear something that I wanted to hear. And then I unsubscribed once my needs were met. Like shocking. Really? Mm-hmm. And Please understand, and I, I we don't mean to like I don't want to be a dick about this. I really don't. And I know you know what? I shouldn't have to fucking apologize for this. No. But we're women and we feel like we have to. You know, when you sign up just to hear, you know, to get access to content. Like one episode supposed- that you think sounded interesting. Right. Yeah. Um, and then you unsubscribe before you get charged. Make no mistake about it, you're stealing from us. Mm-hmm. You're stealing. And to have it happen the week after, like I literally yeah. kind of broke down on that show. <laughs> yeah. You know, the out timing of being was so, impeccable, sir. Yeah. I, I was just so exhausted. And, you know, the good part was we got so many nice comments from people on Patreon saying, we, I love what you guys do. I, you're, you're, you're no bullshit. Who cares if you're polished or not? You really, you guys really care. Mm. And that did well, that help immensely. Yeah, it does help. And so thank you to those, and you know who you are, the ones who have written in, the ones who wrote comments. 
really did make a difference. Yeah. Uh, so we love this. Like but we the love thieves. But the thieves. No. No, thank no. you. <laughs> Please don't steal from us. Is basically Fuck all those we're thieves. Fuck the, I was thinking the same thing. Oh, Sarah, mind melt. <laughs> so you had an eventful week. Sarah. <laughs> I like to think that I reached peak academia this week. Yes, you did. Tell I us. I got to cite myself. <laughs> As How I so? mentioned, um, at least four times every episode, I'm back in grad school. And so I write papers a lot. And yeah, I got to cite myself this week. So nice. Cheers to me. Cheers to you. <laughs> So explain to people why being able to cite yourself is a big deal. <laughs> um, well, I mean, I, it's not really a big deal. It's it's more to me, it was just funny um, and something that I have made fun of other people for doing. Um, <laughs> and, but then I saw an opportunity to do it and I was like, you know, I'm really the only one I can cite here. So so I did. Um, but I mean, basically, yeah, for those outside of academia, it, it just means that I, in writing a research paper, I got to cite um, some of my previously published research. So, <laughs> Ooh, speaking of research, mm -hmm. so <clears throat> I've been doing some research on, hello, Bubba. I've been doing some research on oxytocin and dopamine and testosterone and do men lose interest after sex, blah, blah, blah. And it, it, I read an article and there was a scientist, a neuroscientist, quoted and who, talking about a study that he did. So I contacted him, like never thinking in a million years he would respond. He responded within a few hours. Oh, yeah. People love to talk about their research. <laughs> and we're, we're Zooming on Friday. Yes. Yeah. Nice. I'm really, really excited about that. And we're just going to talk, he's, you know, doing research on oxytocin, but he, he's like, you know, just to be clear, I, you know, I do research on oxytocin on mice. Mm, and I'm well. like, dude, they've built theories off that stupid vole study. So I'm, I'm not concerned, but thank you for making that distinction. I appreciate it. And that's so, how you know you're dealing with somebody that's intellectually honest and not just trying to bro science their way into some monetized content, you know? Right, right. And the other appealing factor to him when I was researching him is, I would say about 60% of his research staff is women, and okay. women of color specifically, which I was Great. like, okay, that's, that makes, that makes me feel better. Yeah. I, I wish I, cause I wanted to talk to a, a, a woman, mm -hmm. obviously, but he was the one that was, that I, that I found in the article. Yeah. And yeah. And he wrote back, he's, we've been training some emails. He's like, really, he's really like interested in, in this topic of dispelling bro science. That's so, great. <laughs> yeah. I'm excited for that. I'm excited for it. Yeah. And I hope to record it and um, put it up on the Patreon on, in the sub stack and wherever nice. I can, because I really want to get that out there. Yeah. And I got a little shout out on Vice London. That's right. Somebody <laughs> cited you this week. Somebody cited me this week. Um, a few years ago, when ExoJane was still a thing, an article that they published went viral. Two of them went viral by this woman named Rachel Bruson. Mm -hmm. And the second article, both were themed about, themed around her relationship with a Republican. Yeah. And then the second article was, my relationship ended because of Trump. And I knew as soon as it was published, I'm like, this, is, this isn't real. Because it came on the heels of another viral article about a relationship breaking up because of Trump. Yeah, that was written by Exo Jane's editor for New York Magazine. I'm That's like, right. This is this, there's no way this isn't a co this is a coincidence. So they end the, the article went viral. She ended up they contacted <laughs> <laughs> they interviewed her and the ex boyfriend that the Trump loving ex boyfriend mm -hmm. and put them on uh, Nightline on ABC. Okay. Problem was, <laughs> the woman in the interview was a woman of color, right? And that's not woman, who had seen that's not, in the article. That's not the bio photo for the woman who wrote the article was like whitey white girl, mm -hmm. blonde, poor, like alabaster skin. I mm -hmm. said, "Wait, what's going on here?" And so I started to dig until I found a blog that 
was uh, a content writer's blog. And he's like, hey, here are my articles from this week. Mm. And he said, you know, for that, for this article, whatever it was, like how to date a millionaire or something, he said, <laughs> don't be confused by the byline, Rachel Brewson doesn't exist. I'm oh. Rachel Brewson. You just said the choir part out loud, huh? He sure did. And so <laughs> I took that to the comments of the article. Because I, I, had, this. I said it, the, as soon as I read it, I wrote you a did. comment and I said, something's not right here. Right. This is too close to Mandy's article in, the, in New York Magazine. And it was. And it was. And yeah. of course, they deleted the comment. Oh, exo-Jane. Oh, exo-Jane. And so I went back when I had confirmation. I'm like, boop, she's not real. Yeah. <laughs> and they were total dicks <laughs> to me. And I was uh -huh. like, you know what? I don't like you. I'm now going to take everything that I know and bring it over to Jezebel. And yeah. Anna Merlin from Jezebel just took the ball and ran with it and and uncovered this, and we're going to call it a ring, but it's a marketing <laughs> ring. It's a marketing firm full of men yeah. who had created female personas on the internet right? and were writing as these women yeah. all across the internet. Oh, yeah. Oh, all kinds of clickbait. All kinds of clickbait, which is initially what we thought Tara was, which is <laughs> which is initially what we thought Tara was. Yeah, but this is how I knew Tara was repurposing other people's articles. Yeah, that's how I knew. So anytime I'm just going to say this: if I tell you that I suspect somebody's fake or something's wrong, don't question me. I because I know my shit here. <laughs> you've always been right. I've always been right. I mean, you've been right every time over the course of at least ten years. <laughs> right? Like, how Thank long have we been communicating? <laughs> it's been at least ten years. You yeah, have you never been wrong about this. <laughs> Thank you for Put saying that. On your that. Thank resume. You for <laughs> Well, not for anything, but it's why I teach. I teach a class, and I did wrote a a, a, a thing, an e guide on how to spot scammers. Uh huh. And that's kind of why I am like toot my own horn here because this does play into kind of what I teach. It does, and you know, and if you, you know, you can if you sense it, it, it doesn't feel right. If the voice, like, pay attention to the voice when they're writing. Like, does something feel off? It's that adaptive mm -hmm. unconscious, that intuition where you're like, hmm. You can't put your finger on it, but you know something's not right. And I'm yeah. like a dog with a fucking bone when I when I suspect something. So except for except for what? one time we read that thing on Medium that was like a kind of like rapey fan fiction. Do you remember that? I don't think we yes. pursued that to its logical end, did we? No. No, yeah. but when I was contacted by Vice London, I did send them all those links. And I'm like, nice. I'll go there. Here's go some there. more. <laughs> Here's some more. <laughs> have at it. Uh, have at it. Yeah, I, I I think Medium too. I think there are a ton yeah. of men writing as women on Medium, especially oh, the yeah. erotica. Yes. No question. No question no. at all. <laughs> None. So, and it's men, you know, coming into women's spaces and, the funny part is, is that there are dudes in those comments who are just like, oh my God, that's so hot. I'm like, it's a dude. Right. <laughs> it's a dude. Right. Which, I mean, you know, hey, fine. Like, yep. if you, I don't know, if you're a man who enjoys reading erotica, what difference does it make who writes it? Right. But you know that if they knew it was a dude, they wouldn't have read it. Well, you know, I suspect that might be true. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So they were nice enough to ask me to sign a release. Because I had tweeted at the time, once I figured mm. out that she was fake, I tweeted it at Nightline and I'm like, Did. um, she's not real. She yeah. doesn't exist. And they ignored me. <laughs> so Vice London found the twit tweet. They must have really dug. And they said, can we use it? And so they were interviewing the guy. <laughs> and he said, what was it that he said about- It was like, someone came into the comments and stirred things up. Or like, all hell broke loose. <laughs> Yeah. And that was yes. you. And that was me. You're someone. So I am I am I am someone, Sarah. So, I feel like you could you could uh you could also add this to your resume. Like act, you know, like actors are like role of cop number three on murder show. <laughs> you could be like someone 
Vice News. <laughs> Professional <laughs> shitster. <laughs> so, yeah. So that was, um, you know, they reached out to me. And what's funny is that they reached out to me the day that I was, I was writing something. I was writing an article for Medium ab- about Tara ba- Blair Ball stealing from me. Mm-hmm. Well, basically stealing from a ton of writers. Yeah. And I kicked off the article with this story to sort of prove like, hey, when I sense something's not right, I'm usually yeah. right here. <laughs> not usually, always. Yeah. <laughs> and while I was writing this essay, I get contacted from Vice London. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, oh, that's a weird little coincidence. If I, I don't know that I believe in coincidences. But mm. in any case, it's nice. Yes, I know what I'm talking about. If I tell you something's funky, listen to me. Right. Oh, and, and also, great, perhaps your yeah. advice is worth paying for, especially if it's like <laughs> three to five dollars, you know, just saying. Thank you. Thank you. Just saying. <laughs> just saying. Let's talk about that five dollar advice, shall we? Yeah. yeah let's, let's, let's move to the, the questions for this week. And we, we got quite a we have a, quite a collection. We do. We do. Do you want to why don't you read the first one? Yeah. Oh, this is the perfect one for me to read, actually, I think. Um, Not to toot my own horn, but get ready for some 450 advice. (laughs) (laughs) It's the 4th of July sale. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Okay. I have been no contact with my narcissistic personality disorder mother for five years. NPD, mother. I made this decision after several years of therapy for my own well-being. I cannot have any contact with my very toxic mother or most of my family as a result. I'm having a terrible time dating because people who don't have toxic mothers can't can't fathom not being in contact with one's mother. I've had so many people say horrible things to me that I'm a horrible person or that I'm not right in the head because that's your mother. I really don't know how to deal with this topic. And as a result, I have just sort of gone into isolation. Oh, friend. Yeah. It's not you. you. It's her. It's not. Yep. <laughs> it's it's absolutely not you. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that you have made the correct decision and that it's a valid one. Mm-hmm. Um, I think most people simply cannot understand where you're coming from. And that makes them incredibly privileged. And that, me- that means that all of the criticism that you're getting uh, is really... A pretty dick move because uh-huh. it's coming from people who don't know <laughs> what they're talking about um, and they're projecting their own experiences onto you, thereby invalidating yours. But you already know all that, right? Because you already made this decision that that's really hard and you're standing firm in it. Where I think you could um, make things a little easier on yourself is in your presentation of this information. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm not no contact with my mother, but I mean, I, we don't talk a lot. <laughs> she's, she is not a big feature in my life. Um, I don't what, know whether she's a narcissist. Um, I know that, you know, we don't really care for each other. Um, so what I used to tell people um, that I, I'm assuming you're talking about dating in this case Um so what I used to tell men in the early stages is like, well, I'm not really close with my mom. She, She's not a big part of my life. If they push, you could say something a little more detailed, but still vague. Like, she's not a big part of my life. Um, hasn't been since I was 12. Right. And then or or whatever. But mm-hmm. some some kind of additional detail that just lets them know, like, you're not getting the full story. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Because you don't owe anyone that, right? Um, especially in the early stages of dating, mm-hmm. but also to let them know that, um, and it's shitty that you have to do this, but to let them know that again, the problem is her, not you, right? You're not you're not being irrational or unreasonable or cold, right? You're doing this for your own protection and self preservation. So if if you can convey vaguely, your mom's not in your life. Yes, there's a reason. Um, and, and for now that's the boundary and you're not, you're not going to go into detail because it's still very early. I think that will hopefully help. 
it's not going to work on everybody. You're you're still going to get clueless dudes who are like, what? And, and push, right? But mm-hmm. it's because they're stupid. Right. Um. So, okay. Well, congratulations. You discovered they're stupid early on and they don't respect boundaries. So that's that's a separate issue. <laughs> um. But I, I think that will work. If you go into it um, presenting it, you know, not as like my mother's a narcissist. We don't have contact, but just extremely vague. Like, I am not close with my mother. Um, I also, I was thinking about this earlier. I wouldn't even be opposed to you temporarily lying. Tell a mm-hmm. placeholder lie, such as, uh, my mother is no longer with me. Now, you're not saying my mother's dead. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. We're, we're, I think we're going we're gonna to split up on this one. <laughs> I, I thought we might. But I, like I said, this is a placeholder lie, which I think, again, in this case, is justified because this is your business and not theirs. Mm-hmm. All they need to know is your mom is not an entity in your life, right? Um, now, if you're going to tell a placeholder lie that implies that she is dead... <laughs> That is probably going to come out eventually. Yeah. Um, and at which point I think you open yourself up to then having to tell the full story. So all all of which is to say, if you never want to tell someone the full story, um, just keep it vague as possible. My mom's not a part of my life. Hasn't been since, you know, I was whatever age. Um, and that's it. And then typically if you can um, like change the subject, people will take that cue, right? So my mom's not a part of my life, hasn't been since I was 12, but I have a great relationship with my dad. I talk to him on the phone every week or something like that. Yeah, we need to move past this idea that somebody who doesn't have a close relationship with their family uh, must be a black sheep. There must be something wrong. More often than not, when somebody has very little to do with their family, they're the healthy ones and the family is not. I was going to say, that's how I read it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, and, I think it takes an enormous amount of strength to sever those ties with mm-hmm. family members who are toxic. It's yeah. much easier to just remain in it. Yeah. Especially, you know, we studied this. This was part of my certification where we talked about sort of family mythology and, and family, family, like, um, like the, the, the things that we say, like blood is thicker than water, mm. you know, yeah. family first. Right. And how these things are instilled in us from a very young age to the point where it, uh, it invalidates, it's used to invalidate our trauma. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, you know, no, they're your mother and you just have to, you have to do this or you have to get over it. You don't have to do anything just because you're related to somebody. Right. You, if, if they are toxic for you and you know what, maybe they're not toxic for everybody, but they're certainly unhealthy or toxic for you. You are well within your rights to say, I don't want a relationship with this person. And anybody in this time and i feel like this is one of those areas where we're not fully informed yet but hopefully we're getting there mm-hmm. anybody in this in this day and age who will dismiss somebody because they don't have a close relationship with their family without hearing the story fuck them yeah. let them go you know if someone doesn't have a close relationship with their family there's a story there and when you've earned that person's trust they might tell you right they're not obligated to tell you but it's not as cut and dry as they're wrong and their family's right because the family is the family and, and this person has split off or chosen not to have anything to do with their family because, oh my God, you're never supposed to do that with family. Yeah. Right. Yeah, you can. <laughs> I give you permission. <laughs> yeah. I do too. Yeah, right. So like Sarah said, uh, what what you might want to say is – um. You know, I'm trying to think. I had something too when you when you brought up the makeup that your mom's dead thing. <laughs> um, yeah, I said the placeholder lie. The placeholder lie could be something like, um, you know, what people used to ask me, "Do you? Oh, do you see your family often?" And I would say, "When I can." 
There you go. When I can. Now, mm-hmm. I rarely could because I didn't want to. Right. Uh, but when I can is enough. Yeah. It's not a lie. It's an answer. It sounds better than no, because they, they're all pretty toxic. And I ended up in the hospital the last time I went home. Yeah. Like, I don't want to dump all that on somebody I don't know. Right. You know? So when I can, do you talk to her? You know, when I can. And can can mean when I'm emotionally able to. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Has, there's a lot of different meanings there. You can come up with a lot of different vague responses yeah. that and are not And maybe you never can. And that's still the correct answer. Right. And you know what? Sarah's option, totally, totally valid too. It's not something I would recommend. I don't know. You know what? Well, I'm it's not-, not the easiest, but it is the easiest way to shut down the conversation immediately. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah. It's not, like I said, you're going to have to revisit it. But I do think it's one of those things where if you lie early on and end up revisiting it, again, you're you're going to have to tell some version of the truth to justify the original lie. But I mean, I'm I'm sure that the truth is horrible and anyone hearing it would understand where you're coming from and not be mad about the lie, right? But I think I think you're you're just better off just being vague and yes, either saying like eh, when I can or yeah. or you know something equally yeah. vague like my mom's not a big facet of my life, yeah. But I'm close with my aunt or whatever. Yeah, you know it. it but again, like don't feel like you have to um, convince them that you have a relationship with your family. You yeah. don't have to do that. That doesn't make you a bad person. Well, no. Because- I, there's a there's a piece of this I think we're we're overlooking that we need to touch on, which is the shame. Because she said she's she's really starting to withdraw because of this mm-hmm. this uh, facet of her backstory, and mm-hmm. I think that frequently family closeness is used as an indicator of you know what I'm going to say class yeah yeah yep even though i'm beating that drum again but even though (laughs) the most toxic the most toxic families i know including mine were like upper middle class right right you know And, and but you're right but yes there is that um that association that shorthand people will make assumptions if you say you're not close with your family yeah, they're they're going to make assumptions about you, and I, um, I understand why you're feeling the shame. Yep. Um, and it's it's especially hard as a woman who's not close with her mother because most mothers, um, I mean, I don't want to say like most mothers are good. That's certainly not true, but I guess most mothers aren't so toxic <laughs> that their adult children are willing to cut them out. Right. So understand how toxic someone has to be to do that. Yeah. Cuz I've been dealing with the to- with you know toxic relatives my whole life. Yeah. And I've yet to like fully cut them out. So right. her mother has to be really Well, yeah, really, same. I mean, th- yeah, that's know? that's a good point. I mean, I can I can deal with it at least a couple times a year, but Yeah. Yep. Um yeah, so again, the shame is not yours. You are brave. Um no one is owed the full version of this story. Tell it when you're ready, if you're ever ready. And um, yeah, just just be vague about it and change the subject. And anyone yep. with manners will will move on with you. Right. Right. And if they don't, that's a red flag. And fuck yeah. Them. Okay. Next letter. I went on a first date with a guy I met on a dating app on Friday. After that, he texted me saying he'd love to see me again. So I asked what his schedule looked like. He said he might have some free time Sunday and he'd let me know. But Sunday is today. I got this letter on Sunday mm-hmm. and I still haven't heard from him. I went to the app and saw his location was updated. I guess I shouldn't be worrying too much about this, but should I send him a message asking if he's still down? Is that going to make me look desperate? I don't know if this has anything to do with me. Is it because I refused his kiss on the first date or updated my profile before the date? Help. So, okay. For okay, I feel like when somebody says I might have some time free, yeah. 
Mr. <laughs> that's just fucking passive aggressive. I might have some time for you. I'll check. I will. T- uh, here we go again. That's the buying time statement. Yes. Somebody who wants to see you again, to quote Jack Berger, They're we're booking, booking that second date. date. <laughs> <laughs> we're coming upstairs. We're booking that second date. Yeah. Yes. So this guy knew when he said that he wasn't going to follow up with you. Yeah. And so no. Well, actually, I would say I think he knew when he said that he was only going to follow up if his other plans fell through, right? Or like he was going to back burner you and if you were his best option, he might call you last minute, but he had some other uh, some other priorities. Yeah, it's just this is not when you hear something like I might have some time for a Sunday. That's not a good response. No. When you hear a response like that, you know, understand that they're not trying to make you feel good when they say that. Right. You know, that's just, that's, it's just an incredibly insensitive way to respond. Yeah. It's just, it's, yeah, it's buying time again. Yeah. Like, you know, and you don't even have to say, oh, shoot, um, I don't have plans Sunday. It, you know, if they say, why not, then why not recommend, did she, is she the one who suggested? So I asked what his schedule looked like. He said, I might have some free time Sunday. How about you just fucking say a day when you know you have time? Right. Rather than, I might have some time Sunday, you passive aggressive prick. Right. Just say, oh, I'm going to have, uh, how about Tuesday night or maybe, you know, Sunday afternoon or like, if you know you have a window of time. That's what you suggest. Right. So, go ahead. Yeah. So, I think that on Sunday, you've you've gotten your answer. No answer right. is your answer. I right. think if you had followed up with him Thursday or Friday and said, you know, how's Sunday looking? That doesn't that's not desperate and that's that's a reasonable thing and I don't even think um I mean, I, I think it's fine to do that. Right. But again, if someone says, yeah, I might have some time Sunday, I'll let you know. Right. Basically, if they leave the date without making a plan. Well, no. I'll say if they if if, if you don't have a second date booked within like 24 to 36 hours after the first date. Because okay. on the first date, you don't want to you don't want to do it. You don't want someone asking you out in person. Just in case right. you don't like them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like I, I got into this with somebody on uh, TikTok the other day where we were talking, they were talking about, you know, if someone's really crude or rude on a, on a date, I'm just going to get up and leave. Mm. And at, now crude or rude, in theory, I'm all for like, yeah, but let's think that through for a second because that could get, that could get really fucking ugly really fast. Mm-hmm. And so we, of course, this was the whole like dinner on a first date. This is why you don't do dinner because yeah. you don't want to be in a fucking situation like that. So, well, where was I going with that? Well, I mm-hmm. said they should make a plan by that, like yeah, before they like, don't, leave. Uh, yeah, I I wouldn't shoot for that. Like if you know if the chemistry's there, and and I guess the reason why I also want people to wait is. How about you let those brain chemicals come down a little bit? Because the more hmm. I the more I do my research on this stuff, the more I really truly think that give yourself a few hours because that stuff really does, you know, make your brain go a little haywire. Yeah, and it makes your you makes you too trusting and makes you see something that might not be there. And that's why I would want somebody to ask you out the next day because that tells me okay. The chemicals have leveled a little bit, right? And they're they're being more rational. That's yeah. the that's the main yeah. reason. Well, I still think either is fine. <laughs> but when <laughs> I um, I guess when I say like make a plan before you part ways, what I have in mind is something a little more nebulous than like um, oh, Red Lobster Friday, <laughs> right? I think it's make a plan could be like you know let's let's talk on Tuesday. And you know, decide you know where we where we want to go on Friday or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, like Sarah, or said, even just saying like, do you want to go out again sometime? I think counts on date one as like making a plan. Doesn't have to be concrete, like you know, eight thirty, Red Lobster, yeah. Main yeah. Street. 
you know. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to disagree with you on this one. I, okay. I just think, well, it, I, I think give either it a few okay. hours to a day because I would just want the brain chemicals to normalize. Uh, but like Sarah said, he didn't, he didn't contact you on Sunday, but understand that he was always, this was always going to happen. Right. He this, very deliberately said, maybe. Right. <laughs> right. This yeah. is always going to happen. And what's really nervy is that this hmm. guy had the balls to do this to her after he said, I'd love to see you again. Oh, yeah. is that so, sir? Well, then find time in your schedule. Right. Oh, it, it's almost, it's just like he just wanted to fucking see if she was going to say yes. Probably. Yeah. You know what I mean? That, that, again, 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 this is why. This yeah. is. He just wanted to see if she was going to say yes. Mm-hmm. And then she did. And well, he's like, oh, let yeah. me check. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, <sighs> fuck that guy. <laughs> All right. I mean, I think it was like uh, like the kiss. Like, he tried to kiss her. I think he just wanted to see if he could. Right. I th- And I think. If ah, sex was on offer, he would have taken it, to be clear. <laughs> Is it because I refused his kiss on the first date? No. Uh, wait a minute. After the after that, he texted me saying he'd love to see me again. Here's the thing. I think he was wondering if she was interested or not when she didn't kiss him. So he asked her if she wanted to see him again, and she said yes, because he needed that confirmation. He needed that fucking validation. What do we Yeah, that ego boost. The ego boost. Yeah. That, Fuck that, that guy. That attention. Oh my God. <laughs> I want a sound clip. Fuck that guy. Put that on the list. Yeah. We're, we're making that. We're making a sound clip. <laughs> That's all it was. That's yeah, what it was. That is all it was. Oh, fuck that guy. Moving on. <laughs> well, in a similar vein. Okay, here's the next one. Oh, boy. <laughs> I have on my dating profiles that I don't want a long distance relationship. Nothing further than like 30 minutes from where I live. Why do men ignore this and send me messages anyway? Do they just not care? Yes. Mm-hmm. Do they think because I'm overweight, I'll take any attention? Probably some of them. Mm-hmm. Do they think they are special and will change my mind? Yes. yes. <laughs> it's yeah. extremely frustrating. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Thank you, next. <laughs> Thank you, next. But but let's cl- let's really clarify that, y- yeah, m- when, you, when you are born believing and being told that you are entitled to whatever you want strictly because of what's between your legs, yes, they think the rules don't apply to them. Right. They think they're yeah. different. They think you'll they make think an exception. Exactly. They, yeah. For and them. Yes. And, the, yes, and this will special. tie. And this will tie into because the reality is there are some men out there who think, oh, I know. Uh, you know, she's she's overweight, so right. she'll be she, flattered. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. So, you know, yeah, that did come into play a little bit, but that is not about you. That is no. not a statement of your attractiveness or your worth or your value. Right. That's about what they think of women. Mm-hmm. Yep. And P.S. Nobody reads the fucking bios anymore. Nobody reads bios until a conversation is started. Yeah. I'm telling you until it's the match is made. Is the once the match is made, is that the earliest that someone's reading your bio? But most people are waiting until. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, so that means that. So it sounds like she's getting a a variety of responses. Then, right? Men who are genuinely interested, but just didn't read the bio, mm-hmm. and men who maybe did read the bio, did see the thirty mile thing, and just decided, like, oh well, she'll make an exception for me. Yeah. Yeah. It's not you. It's them. They no. suck. They're just not. They just think that you will make an exception. They think they're different. Yeah. Period. Period. And they're not. And they're not. They're not special. Nope. No, they are not. Okay. Met a man on a dating app, showed lots of interest, texted for about two weeks, met for dinner, and drinks one night for our date. Let me stop you right there. Okay. (laughs) You know what I'm going to say. Stop investing so much time in these assholes. Yes. (laughs) Why are we still (laughs) talking about that? I'm going to beat this drum now. This is, this is the second drum in my drum set. Why are you? Why are you giving someone? Not sorry, not someone. A strange man 
You know the odds are he's trash. What are you doing? Why are you giving a strange man two weeks of your time and conversation? <laughs> you could have been having good conversations right. with someone who's not trash. Yeah. Um, okay, wait a minute. Had a great... Let me stop you right there. <laughs> I've missed that. <laughs> Both of us had a great time. We texted after after in the next day and periodically for that following week, but it became less and less every day. It's now been a week. Haven't heard from him. He specifically said he had interest in going out again, but what's the deal? He said he's really busy at work. I can understand that to a degree, but we are grown adults. At least one of us, at least one of us is. Do I just leave this one alone and walk away? Yes. Yep. Yeah, yeah you the do. The deal is... <laughs> The deal is you feel foolish because you invested a lot of time and got invested in him. Mm-hmm. And he lapped up all the attention you gave him. Mm-hmm. As men are want to do. Because he's a bottomless well of need. <laughs> <laughs> Took you on a marathon date. And then when it didn't result in sex after he had put in all the all of this time to stoke the embers of Thank faux you. intimacy, Thank he bailed. You. That's yep. it. Stop yes. letting <laughs> men do this. Stop giving them your time. Send yep. this guy an invoice <laughs> for all of the time he took from you. Because this is utter trash behavior and we're not we're not bringing this into the latter half of 2021. No, we are not. We are waxed and vaxxed and we are not doing this. Uh yeah, everything Sarah said, uh I do think that Men think that if they text, that's why men text a lot in the beginning. Yes. Because they're, 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 what's the word I'm looking at? They're investing. They're trying to build up their credit. Yup. Their and vagina on the credit. Side, maybe you'll send some nudes. <laughs> right. Exactly. And then they go out and you have this great date and then there was no sex. And so they're like, oh, I'm so frustrated. And again, I will say you did nothing wrong. No. You know, we give you a hard, like we're, 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 we're getting, giving you a hard time for giving, you know, spending, having a marathon date and texting for two weeks. We're, we're not like really saying you're to blame here. No. We're more frustrated. What we're more frustrated at is, you know, these guys feel so entitled to our time. Mm-hmm. They'll take all of it. Absolutely. They As you absolutely can tell. Suck you dry. <laughs> they absolutely will. Mm-hmm. Boy, we really are getting like man, Haiti. <laughs> Well, sucky dry was little, yeah. (laughs) They really will. Um, And they won't think twice about wasting your time. They won't think twice about leading you on. It really is all about them because they have been raised since fucking birth not to consider anybody but themselves. Right. Well, you know, women exist to serve men, so. Right. Yeah. Women are ornamental to these men. Yeah. So you did nothing wrong. But nope. again, this is why I will plead with people, get off that app, get face-to-face either video chatting or, or real life. Yeah. Fast, 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 fast. Yeah. That way you know. And don't yep. invest so much time because you do, you get emotionally invested and these guys know you get emotionally invested. Right, it's which why is why they, they do think the, they'll have sex on the first right. date. It's why they do the good morning text. It's why uh-huh. they, they're doing all the stuff that they know Yep. boyfriends do and that they also know women love yep. or some women many <laughs> women love personally i can't well i shouldn't say that no that's i guess with the right one it, it is nice but they're doing so, the things i i read this um i read something on jezebel that really stuck with me <laughs> a couple of years ago which was um i don't remember the name of the article or the author so i i can only paraphrase and for that i apologize but to paraphrase, the the thing that stuck with me was men think that women are like vending machines where if you put enough nice in, eventually sex will come out. <laughs> and then they were, and they were right. God bless Jezebel. Uh it really stuck with me. <laughs> and but that that's what he's doing, right? He's investing. He's investing nice. Hoping that, yeah, if I if I put in the work early on, we can expedite sex. Which, again, like, there's nothing wrong with wanting to have sex. That's one of the purposes of dating for a lot of people. 
Right. But I don't I I don't like the amount of your time that he wasted. <laughs> Fuck that right. guy. He's just a dick. But not literally. But not but not literally. Please not literally. Okay. We're going to move on to one last question. So, the question is, I'm new to interracial dating. How do I respond when men ask me about my experience with dating men of color? Okay. okay. So, it's important first to understand why they're asking that question. Mm, yeah, yeah. Because they're they're asking that question. There there are so many levels to what people of color and people in marginalized communities deal with with online dating. Because the first thing they need to ensure is, are you are you fetishizing me? Right. Is this something that you do because you genuinely like it, or do, is do you do this because do you are you in, interested in me because I'm part of a marginalized community? Mm-hmm. That's the first reason thing that they want to establish. The second thing they want to establish is just how much emotional labor am I going to have to do with this person? Mm. Because if they have experience dating people in marginalized community, they're going to know more than someone who hasn't. They're not going to know a lot. They're going to, they like, and you have said this, that, you know, people with disabilities, they know that there's going to be some learning curve. They know that there's going to be some questions asked. Mm-hmm. They know this. Now, the, the thing is that it shouldn't be asked. It's on the right. person not in the marginalized community to do their due diligence. Um, but people in marginalized communities, they they expect to do some of the work, some of the emotional labor. They just want to know just how much are they going to have to do. Mm-hmm. So that's the second one. And third, there's a safety. There's a safety concern, especially mm. if somebody's yeah. trans, you know, mm-hmm. where they have to, they really have to feel somebody out to make sure this person is safe. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of different levels to, you know, when someone's dating online, that that people who are not in marginalized communities don't experience. Like women, we, you know, we have to make sure you're just, I mean, I don't know, there's some with, so men don't have to do any of this shit. <laughs> this does not affect white men at all. This does not affect white men. Mm. But there are levels where you have to, you you have to vet somebody there are so many levels of vetting, I think, before you even really start to message and get to know each other and build a rapport. Yeah. So I think that's why you're getting that question. Or that's, yeah, that's why you're getting that question. Uh, and when you answer, you answer honestly. Because you, it's not about your comfort, it's about their comfort. And they're within their rights to say, nah, this doesn't pass the vibe check for me. This is not something I want to invest my time in. This doesn't feel safe for me. Yeah. You know, so don't take that as, oh, that's a weird question. It's not a weird question. It's a weird question if, if you're, if you're frankly, if you're not in a marginalized community. But if you are, you understand why it's being asked. Mm-hmm. So any feedback on that one? Um, what struck me about this one is... Uh, that there is probably no right answer to that first question. If somebody asks you, have you, have you, or she's talking about a, a black man in this case. Yes. I believe so. Yeah. So she's on a date with this guy and he says like, Oh, have you, have you dated any other black men? I don't know that there's a right answer because yes or no, both speak to the issue of fetishization potentially, mm-hmm. depending on how that person interprets it. Mm-hmm. So um yeah <laughs> i think you know just answer honestly um and see where the conversation goes from there i i think it probably is is much to do with like you said that person needs to feel safe around you mm-hmm. and not like you are conducting an experiment right right uh at their expense mm-hmm. or like trying to check something off your bucket list or something <laughs> um so yeah yeah, I think that's Speaking it. Speaking of fetish and bucket list, mm. I'll give a little teaser for what we're going to be talking about in the, uh, in the. Oh, Luca, hmm. <laughs> you feel better, Bubba? <laughs> um, in, in the, we're going to be recording the Substack episode after this. And speaking of fetish and 
uh, and bucket was, list and the bucket list. Mm-hmm. Um, wow, Luca, <laughs> you're so flappy. So flappy. <laughs> uh, we're talking about older women and younger men. Oh yeah, and understand. That, and I don't think this has ever really occurred to most women that because I I, I did a TikTok about this <laughs> yesterday. The responses are interesting. And um, a lot of women are like, that's all I've dated. Or men show interest in, in, in um, older, younger y- men always show interest in me. Understand that, like, that can be a fetish too. Yeah. That can be a can. fetish. You know, so my two cents. And on that note, Sarah, any final thoughts? You know, stay safe out there, everybody. <laughs> Make good choices. Make good choices. <laughs> I'm proud of you. You're proud of who? Everybody. Proud I'm of proud. you all. Proud of you all. Make good we choices. We made it through this. Mm-hmm. Keep it going. We're almost done. We're almost through this whole nightmare of COVID, <laughs> hopefully. Uh, datologycoach.com. Join my substack, datologycoach.substack.com. You get the dating advice columns. You get the exclusive podcast. You get the exclusive uh, dating advice columns as well. Uh, the podcast on substack, not the same as on our Patreon. And since this is the first of the month, become a patron, become a patron and you get monthly exclusive full length episodes. Go to patreon.com slash datology pod. For those of us who have stuck with us for many months, thank you. Thank you for valuing us. Thank you for the support. Thank you for the nice comments. And uh, you know, you make it worth it. Mm -hmm. You make it worth it. Proud of you. You look at you. Yeah. Look at you are paying for uh, content, <laughs> valuing the work of women. Right, exactly. And you know what? On that note, thank you to the men on our list who mm-hmm. have been who have been patrons, yeah, and who Look stay patrons. Thank you. Look at you, you yeah. guys. Don't fuck those guys. We'll fuck them, but you know, not not <laughs> literally. Me. Yeah. So thank you guys very very much. Um, follow me on TikTok, Datology Coach. Instagram, the Kristen M T H E C H R I S T A N M. That'll do, pig. <laughs> <laughs> happy Fourth of July! You'll probably be hearing this after, but I hope you have a, a safe and happy holiday weekend. Bye. Bye.